Welcome to Code Talk, the podcast where we discuss building code and its impact on residents and business owners right here in Fairfax County. Today we're talking about cross-connections. Whether it's safe drinking water or equipment that uses water, cross-connections are important in our community. And to explain to us more about cross-connections, we have Ken Smith. He's a supervising combination inspector with the Building Division of Land Development Services. Ken, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, Jim. Absolutely. Looking forward to this conversation about cross-connections, which is something every previous guest on Code Talk knows I know nothing about. Okay, so, well, so I'll try to enlighten I'm, you a little I'm bit. I'm looking forward to getting educated. Um, I guess my first question is, when we say cross-connection, what is a cross-connection? What are we talking about? Okay, so um, it's not a topic that you see very often, but it's an important topic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cons- It has to do with safety of your drinking water. Okay, that, that's um, important. So it's typically a cross-connection would be any physical connection made between two otherwise separate systems, one providing potable water, potable water, okay, and the other one being a, uh, a piece of equipment or appliance that uses that water. And once the potable water leaves the system, we don't want it back. Hmm. Um, they treat the water and they make it um, safe for you to drink. And so an example would be, like in your home, mm-hmm. your house being one system being supplied with potable water, and then you have a boiler system. Okay. And the pipe that connects the two of those together is the cross connection. Gotcha. So that's where we would install a backflow preventer. Because mm. once the water goes into your boiler system, we don't want it back into the drinking water. Okay. So you, okay, so backflow. Um, what, you kind of touched on it, but what, what is that and, and what kind of causes a backflow? Um, Two types of backflow situations can occur. One is back siphonage and one is back pressure. Um, back siphonage happens sometimes from difficulties outside your home or outside okay. of your business. Okay. It could be a street main break. It could be a major fire being fought. Oh. Um, it could be the flushing of the hydrants every oh. spring oh, yeah. where there's a, a drop in pressure. Uh, if you think of a water main breaking, right. you have all this water rushing out of the pipes, and that will cause a vacuum, and it'll start sucking water out of the local businesses gotcha. or houses. And that's, that's so, totally beyond our control. So that Yes, yeah. so that's back siphonage. And okay. then you have back pressure where you have an elevated pressure above what the pressure is of the system being supplied. So your water pressure comes in, say, 60 pounds PSI. If you go and you have a pump system, some type of piece of equipment that would have a pump, you could increase the pressure above the um, pressure coming into your building. Okay. It could be elevation, um, a high-rise hmm. building. And once hmm. the water gets all the way up, now that pressure up there pushing downward um, is generating a, maybe a greater pressure than what's being supplied in. Gotcha. So I'm I'm assuming there's not a whole lot we can do to prevent the back siphonage kind of things that you talked about. Is that, no. Is that, is that true? Yes. Okay. Uh, back pressure, um, any things we can do to kind of prevent or minimize it? So they can be controlled a little bit. Um, one thing that we require on like booster pumps, which are designed to boost the pressure when you have mm-hmm. inadequate pressure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is they have to have a low water cutoff switch so that if the um, water main pressure does drop below a certain threshold, I think it's 10 PSI, um, this switch would cut off those pumps. Mm. Uh, one time we had a pressure loss here in the county was when we had a storm come through and the, mm-hmm. and the power uh, water plant lost 
uh, electricity. Right, right. So that would be one way that the uh, water mains could lose pressure. Okay. Backflow preventer? Yes. Okay. So that's a mechanical device. Okay. And um, it consists of two check valves. Hmm. Okay. And okay. Um, there's a little bit more extensive backflow preventer that is actually an assembly. And that assembly has those two internal check valves, but they also have um, either gate valves or ball valves, and they have test cocks. And you would use a backflow preventer prevention assembly when the risks are higher. Mm. Um, so um, water going to your coffee maker would be a low, low risk. Right, right, it right. would have a very minimal backflow preventer with just two check valves. Um, but a back, um, water going to a fire sprinkler system or your boiler system, mm. um, if your boiler system had antifreeze or some kind of um, uh, rust inhibitor right. in, install, installed in the piping, then you would need a higher degree um, okay. backflow preventer. Our, our, uh, back, is this a, a um, are backflow preventers more common or required in commercial major buildings like that versus homes? I mean, do homes necessarily have to have backflow preventers? Yes, homes have to have backflow preventers as well. Um, you would see them on your boiler systems. You would see them on your hose bibs, which is probably our most common violation. Hmm. Um, your dishwashers come with internal backflow prevention devices. Hmm. Um, your faucets are air-gapped, which means that the faucet spout, the place where the water comes out, is above the flood level of the sink. Mm -hmm. So the water would run on the floor before it would ever touch the spout. So that's an air gap. That's one type of backflow preventer. Okay. But if you have a kitchen sink faucet with maybe a pull-out spout or uh, a hand sprayer on the side, mm -hmm. that is required to have an internal uh, backflow preventer from the manufacturer, or you'd have to put backflow preventers on the water supply lines. Wow. So a lot of different things for you guys to look at on the plans and to look at when things are in the process of being built for inspections and those kind of things. Is there any difference in kind of looking at these cross connections and backflows and that type of thing than other inspections in the county? Is it so as far as when they're new, it's it's very similar as any other plumbing inspection or any other inspection. Uh, we go out and we look for the proper applications. Okay. Um, but in cross connections, we also have a program on the commercial side where we go out and do periodic inspections of the commercial buildings. Mm. And the reason why we do that is that plumbing is a fluid system. It's often changed, altered, or new equipment is, is replaced or uh, installed. Gotcha. And so there's plumbing is constantly changing. And we go out and we check commercial properties on a regular basis looking for proper backflow protection. Okay. When when are these cross-connection inspections actually required? Um, good question. So anytime you install plumbing, um, everything has to have backflow protection. Okay. Like say, so with your faucets, when a residential inspector is doing a residential inspection, he will look at the manufacturer's paperwork to um, determine that there's backflow inside those faucets. Mm -hmm. um, he'll look at your hose bibs and make sure that the vacuum breakers are installed. Right. And um, on the commercial side, we'll do the same thing when we're doing our plumbing inspections. This is new work. Uh, we will check at that time for backflow protection on all water connections. In addition to that, we have a program where we go out and periodically check commercial buildings looking for um, backflow protection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to ask you about that 
that, that checking of those, but is there a, a time frame I need to kind of think about when we're, you know, in the, in the process of, of doing permits and, and building and construction and all that, uh, when I need to, to pull the permit for a, a cross-connection? Uh, so usually the, the plumbing permit will include the cross-connection inspection. Um, but if you were doing something um, unique, like maybe an irrigation system, where really we don't inspect the irrigation piping itself, but what we do uh, inspect is the point of connection. Gotcha. When you when you tap into the potable water system, we want to make sure you're using the proper materials, and that's where we'll look for that backflow preventer for that irrigation system. Okay. You said uh, just a minute ago, which is what I wanted to get back to, that you actually test some of the backflow preventers on an annual basis. Uh, why, why, I mean, it, it sounds like a, a dumb question and a simple question, but, but why do you do that? So backflow prevention assemblies or mechanical devices, there's working parts in there. Sometimes there's springs, um, moving parts, and like all mechanical devices, they do wear down. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do need maintenance and repair, and they are subject to fouling, which means maybe some uh, grit particles or mm-hmm. some sort of come in and, and just are blocking the check valves from sealing 100%. Mm-hmm. So these backflow prevention assemblies are required when the risk or the harm is greater. So we're talking about something where you might get sick or you, you could um, result in death. So those devices, we need to ensure that they're working properly. Mm-hmm. And so the manufacturers provide test cocks on all these devices and you have to inspect, you have to test them annually or anytime you relocate them or take them in or out of service, you have to test them and make sure they're working properly. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to hire someone to do a, uh, you know, to test the backflow prevention system, you know, that I've got in my home or my commercial building, those kind of things, you know, is that just a simple matter of, you know, calling my plumber to, to do that kind of test? Not all plumbers do backflow testing, hmm. but a lot of them do. So if you have a favorite plumber, you should certainly start there and check and see if they test backflows or if they know somebody that does. Um, fire sprinkler companies, they all have uh, backflow hmm. testers as well. Um, it's a fairly large field, even though it's a it's silent field. You don't hear about us yeah, very much, yeah. but there are businesses out there that specialize in installing, uh, installing and testing of backflow preventers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there are backflow companies. Yeah. We have a list, and it's a voluntary list, so it's not a complete list gotcha. by any means. But if you were to uh, do a web search for Fairfax County backflow, you would find two things. You would find a notice of inspection, which is a blank test form that you would use when you're testing. Oh. And you would also find a list of testers. And if you're not on that list and you are a tester, all you got to do is request and we will put you on there. Wow. Good resource. Good resource to have for not only for the testers, but also the, the residents and business owners. Um, you kind of touched on it earlier, but can we go back to talk about some common code violations when we're, we're talking about cross connections? Sure. Uh, probably the most common one is the hose threads. Whether it's on um, a lot of a lot of homes might have a laundry tray, a janitor sink in their basement near mm-hmm. the wash machine. If it has a hose threads on it, it's required to have a vacuum breaker, and that's because you're you can attach a hose to it. And then what do you do with that hose? You could submerge it in to chemicals or whatever you might be doing. Um, you have your hose bib. Uh, on the outside of your house, if you don't know what a hose bib is, it could be called a wall hydrant, yeah, an outside faucet. It's where you hook your garden hose up to mm-hmm. and you wash your vehicles. Right. That's required to have a vacuum breaker. Right. 
So that's probably the most common violations um, for commercial side, mop sink faucets. Again, if mm-hmm. they had the hose threads mm-hmm. required to have vacuum breakers. The other violations we often find is where somebody has just installed something small and um, didn't know about backflow and, and didn't yeah. put something in. So, you know, coffee makers are added into tenant suites often after mm-hmm. the inspectors have, have come and gone. Right, right. And, um, so that's why we keep coming back out, and we'll find these pieces of equipment and have them put the backflows on. Interesting. Is there a uh, code book that uh, currently addresses cross-connections? So in Virginia, we adopt the Virginia Plumbing Code, and we have that on our LDS website. There is um, all the codes, I think, except for the electrical code, mm-hmm. are available. Um, but it's the VPC, Virginia Plumbing Code, and it's very similar to the IPC, which is the International Plumbing Code. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, where can I get more information? Or somebody's listening right now, they want to get more information on cross-connections, back- backflow preventers. Is there a website, phone number, resources? Well, you know, how, how can folks learn more? So there's a lot of information on the web. Um, you could do a web search. You could put in cross-connections or backflow. I would say be careful of your sources you select because anybody can post something online. And if you're researching for information, you want to make sure it's good information. Mm-hmm. So I would look for information from the manufacturers, uh, Watts and Wilkins and uh, Vepco. Make a, uh, they're selling a lot of products in this area. Or also any local government. Um, counties throughout the, the country have backflow information online that you mm-hmm. can find and mm-hmm. learn from. Um, in addition, we have a uh, we have an email address. Okay. Uh, this is where we would take your test forms if you were testing your device and sending it in for us. Okay. Uh, but you certainly could um, send us a question and we would answer it. And that web dra- uh, web address is LDS Backflow Test at FairfaxCounty.gov. Okay. Repeat that one more time. LDS Backflow Test at Fairfax County. Gov. Okay. And if, if folks uh, use that email address, again, it's for uh, requesting a test or getting more information. What, what exactly, again, can folks email that one for? Yeah, so we, we developed this address so that people could send in their test forms, okay. an easy way to send it in. We have um, a lot of companies that will email us and request a test form. They're going, you know, an upcoming property is coming gotcha. up. And so they'll, they'll request it in advance. And we sometimes get a question where um, somebody will, will write in a question and we try to respond within 24, 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, also, the Land Development Services uh, website specific is fairfaxcounty.gov slash land development. Uh, you can also call the building division, 703-631-5101, or also just do a simple search on uh, fairfaxcounty.gov, mm-hmm. as you said, for uh, cross-connection or backflow, backflow prevention, that type of thing, on fairfaxcounty.gov, and you get some, uh, some results there. Uh, final thought. We're unfortunately out of time. Ken, anything else our listeners should know about uh, when we're talking cross-connections, backflow, inspections, and those type of things from, from your shop? So typically when we do uh, an outreach program like this, we'll get a lot of residential homeowners contacting us about their hose bibs. Mm-hmm. And what does the vacuum breaker look like? And do I have one? And do I need one? Where can I get it? That sounds like I'm asking you. Uh, so plumbing <laughs> supply houses sell them. Um the lumber stores, 
Your hardware stores sell them also, but there are two types. There's one designed for inside. Hmm. I see that more often in the lumber yards than the um, outdoor one. You want to, The outdoor one has a ring that can be raised up to um, drain it in the wintertime oh, yeah. to help prevent right, freezing. Right, right. It's, a, it's a $5 to $15 device. It's fairly inexpensive. Everybody has one on, the, on their hose bibs at one time or another. Sometimes they come off or they're, they are purposely removed because sometimes mm-hmm. they'll spit water. Gotcha. And that's okay. That's a proper function oh, of the okay. device. If it's always running water, that's malfunctioning and it should be replaced. But if it's just spitting water when you cut the water off, that's, that's typical of its use. Good to know. Um, so if you take away anything from this, look up vacuum breaker for hose bibs. Make sure your hose bib has one. Um, and for a small expense, you could protect your drinking water. Absolutely. All right, cool. Great info, Ken. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Jim, for having me. Absolutely. Ken Smith, he's a uh, supervising combination inspector with the Building Division of Land Development Services. He's been here talking with us about cross connections and backflow and backflow prevention, some good information, and uh, thank him for being here. And again, if you need uh, specific information about the uh, the testing, Ken gave us an uh, email address, ldsbackflowtest at fairfaxcounty.gov. But also, again, if you need to find out more about land development, services. You can go online to fairfaxcounty.gov slash land development. You can also reach the building division at 703-631-5101 or email them at ldsbdmail at fairfaxcounty.gov. That's a complicated email address there, so I'll repeat it one more time. ldsbdmail at fairfaxcounty.gov. That's going to do it for this edition of Code Talk. I want to thank you for listening. Code Talk is produced by the Fairfax County Virginia Government.